Hi, my name's Oliver Brown, and you're joining me for a session of Two Mugs in Coffee. It's a podcast where we aim to guide you, our coffee community, for the week ahead on all things sea market, shipping, logistics, and forward planning, so that you can make better buying decisions. Or just get a feel for what makes our industry tick and have a look behind the curtain. Hi, I'm Oliver Brown. It is Tuesday, the 26th of October, and I'm joined today for our two mugs by Peter Lin, uh, who comes to us uh, as a colleague of mine from Asia, but he's he's coming for us uh, from his Taiwanese cupping lab. Pete, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, everyone. My name is Pete, and a uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, glad to join the talk with the Oli this time. Thank you, Pete. Now, the reason I've... I've I've invited you, Pete, is because I know you you uh, support us quite heavily, and, and you and Steve um, thrash lots of ideas backwards and forwards about the market, um, technicalities in the market, and you're you're sort of you know that that's kind of your area of of, of expertise. So um, I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on what was happening, uh, get some insight because we've seen some really interesting information come or, or you know like we're, we're seeing um big dynamic moves in the weather in brazil we're seeing good like there's good moisture the the soils uh, are you know we're expecting to see the the moisture levels in the soil quite high and yet despite all of these things that would suggest the market drops we're not seeing that and in fact and as you've you've discussed we're seeing quite high support at, at 200 cent point and and you know, I thought you could sort of give us a, an idea of why that's happening, because I know you've got some, um, you know, ideas around, as you discussed, the taper and what that means to, to what's going on. So would love your insight. Right. I think it's a very complex, I think, as we all think, uh, when, when we think the rain coming over, we might thinking it might uh, kind of suppress the suppress the uh the market level and also just mentioned with the taper you might thinking they're coming to in, uh to impact the market to make it lower but also you you see a lot of uh rumor like the columbia before 100 million bag and we all and then following up by actually a lot of uh countries reopen i think that's you see the uh, the people expect the uh demand is going coming back and then um yeah, I think that also at the same time, you also see the uh, certified start level uh, start to decrease. And I mean, this year it hasn't peaked as uh, the year before was 2.4 or 2.6 million, but this year only 2.2 and then start to wind, wind down. So that's kind of a, a indicator to say, ah, oh, okay, pe uh, people see, okay, there's actually more demand coming over. Then, uh, then that's why you see there's a, a strong support. And, and also if, um, if we read through the technical side, then you see the level at the bottom, it's one higher and we did with the previous. So you can see there's a supporting, um, from technical. And at the same time, you also see from the fundamental side, it's what we see from the actual demand from the Europe and US and also Asia, a lot of pace, uh, we open now. Um, so yeah, I think that's the play coming to play with the, the supporting, uh, factor for the market. Yeah. Thanks for that. And, and again, I, I, I mentioned the taper. Uh, again, there's the assumption everyone knows what that means, but I'm sure not everyone does know what that means. 
what is the taper and why is it relevant to commodity markets to to the us you know to the us dollar the the brazil real give us a bit of a um uh, yeah. you know explanation okay so i think uh before we mention this i think it's better we trying to think what happened uh when it's uh 2020 march so you see the fed coming to the market say okay they're going to come into uh, have a lot of financial uh, stimulus. They're going to give you a lot of package to help the, to help us to get through the COVID situation. So back then they start to uh, put a lot of liquidity to the market. So what does that mean? It's they just keep giving money to the market. So to support, uh, I mean, support us to get through this. So what's that mean? That means a lot of things will increase. Because, uh, the price, uh, I think you can see the house price increase, the equity increase. I mean, you can see it once the meeting has been done and yeah, you see the market never going back since 2020 yeah. March. So that's a sign already. A similar those coming to the commodity, uh, market at the same time. Uh, the, 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 the gold, the silver, the grand, the cocoa, the coffee, uh, coffee include as well. And so that's why everything, it, every, all the price is increased. So that's why you see a lot of the consumer purchase index. It's also increased at the same time. And now they are seeing it's uh, a bit too much now. So they thinking to reduce the, the liquidity. They want uh, the, now the Fed trying to think, okay, I think I give the market too much money. They need to slow down. So taper means, okay, uh, next, next week, uh, I think second, second and third of the, November, there's a meeting. Uh, they're going to announce what's the action regarding reduce the liquidity. So that might give us an idea. Uh, the commodity might have a, a pressure to going up because they might thinking, uh, because Fed is going to reduce the liquidity. So the market might coming down, but it just might be, uh, uh, because I think now it's kind of out of control. If you see the oil now, I mean, it went to over 81, but you, I mean, that's even double before COVID. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of out of control. So that's why, um, I, I'm not, I'm actually, I cannot tell you if even they say they're going to read, uh, stop the, um, the bumper repurchasing now, is the coffee going to coming down? Because, uh, it, yeah, yeah, so many things come into play. And, um, especially you see the logistics. I think we've been talking this for like one year. Uh, people start to covering everywhere. That's also another bullish factor for the, mm -hmm. for the market. And yeah, I think you, if you check with the, uh, what's that, the future spread, you can see there's not much carry after, uh, K, uh, 2022, which is May 2022. But, uh, but, but now it's, I think people just fighting for the, the stock, uh, for the spot inventory now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you, do you, are you sort of seeing as well, like, I know we've seen, uh, instances in, in Colombia where we've seen defaults. Is the situation in Colombia, you know, the, the, those kind of defaults just occurring in Colombia or are we now starting to see defaults happening in other producing countries, you know, and is that also impacting this slight sense of unknowing and therefore essentially ultimately panic? You know, is that also what's happening? 
Yeah, I think you also see that. I think two weeks ago, you, I think when the when the root uh, just uh, released the press, like the Columbia found before one hundred million back. I think it's actually, I mean, the coffee actually still there. Uh, the farmer just reluctant to release the coffee at the price that agreed before June. Right? They they will contract yield like 150 cents per pound, but now they see the market at 200 level. If their penalty, I, I don't know what's the agreement before, but if their penalty is only one, it's only 10 cents, I'd rather to, I mean, us, if I'm the farmer, when I see the 10 cents, okay, I just let you go. I pay you 10 cents. I can sell to the market 200, 200 cents now. And, and now, um, actually I have one friend uh, who is, uh, he's a farmer, uh, in origin, uh, in Colombia, actually, they also buy apartment from the farmer. And they've been working with one, one exclusive farmer for like seven years then since they started the business. And, uh, they write the contract back to February now for the whole year supply. And on the, on the, on the second container, which just happened to June, they said, okay, this, uh, you have, you have to increase 10, 10 cents. Otherwise I won't ship. And they said, what's the problem? Then because the, a lot of buy actually coming to, uh, the origin to say, okay, uh, they, they can buy off, uh, they can buy off whole your, whole your lot. And because they see the reopening the demand is coming. And now, uh, I think let, let's, uh, Less the month, they just uh, have a check. They say the the, the farm actually want to default. They say if you cannot increase the, another thirty five cents, I I I don't think I can supply you. But you have to think they have like seven years relationship, but it's still not reliable. I mean, it's not default. It, it's actually just they they don't want to give you the price they agreed before because now a lot of the European buyer and US buyer actually. Willing to pay the big bucks to to just secure the lot because mm-hmm. they see the the surge demand uh, after the reopening, and yeah, actually this actually bring a lot of interesting point like uh, what happened in Asia now. Yeah, that that that's interesting because you you sort of said uh, in the well, we, we were just chatting earlier and you sort of said that you know Asia is actually at the back of the queue behind you know, Australia, Europe, US, which really surprises me because I would have thought that, you know, on the contrary, you know, they would have had such large power, buying power that they would have been at the front of the queue. But that's fascinating to see that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I think that I only can speak for, uh, I think, in Taiwan. Uh, that's what I see. I mean, I observe in person. It's because people bench, uh, a lot of importer they bought uh, at year at year to start. So, a lot of specialty uh, supplier from our side, and they actually still benchmark at one twenty uh, C market one twenty. The order rally happened after June, and and then here at the destination, and there's no one. I mean, there's no roster really realize ah the coffee increased so much. I think so. So actually, the local importer here is very poor. They're trying to hold on as much as they could not to increase the. The, the the retail price because they everyone I mean a local importer they are bet, just trying to bet like against with the market to see if the yeah. market drop back to normal if not to understand I mean if not hundred hundred fifty cent how about one hundred eighty cents possible that's another way they can repricing their retail price so no one is willing to increase the price because uh, there's no one um no one start yet so. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, uh, I heard a lot of complaint from the, the importer now, like, um, 
they actually they kind of lose their buying power because um uh, as just what what we just mentioned um a lot of the european and us uh, buy actually can actually outbid you 20 cents more and for the bigger volume like the 10 pound yeah. specialty lot and then and but now usually they only do three times here three times there and not but with a less, 30 cents less so actually a lot of uh, taiwan um importer they are a little bit um, kind of difficult to procure the same quality and then yeah, wow. even with the 30 pence 30 cent 30 percent increase they actually still not able to uh outbid with other um buyer from uh i think i think the developed country uh buy mm-hmm. i would say so i think it's a little bit challenging here yeah and that, that's also sort of quite an interesting insight into you know the mentality of, of the producers that you know they are willing to walk away from a seven-year relationship and and you know that that you know ultimately you know quite frankly for the producer it's their ability to maximize you know profit on on their product you know which is more in and and again i think it does beg the question as to uh you know coffee's got to be you know worth what it what it costs to produce and then some and and you know as i think steve and i have, have touched on you know it's in a way, and I know it's been very challenging for many of our roasters here, but in a way, it's good to see coffee being priced probably where it should be, um, so that our producers can, can survive and thrive in, in these conditions. Yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, but what the, 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 the person I mentioned, they, they are actually a very high end specialty buyer. So they buy like over six, uh, I think 60 cents per pound before. And now the, the, the farmer want 800 cents. So they say, if you can't afford 800 cents, they just walk away. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not just for commercial. I think that's already an indicator. You see the high yes. end or the, yes. the nano lot, the micro lot. I mean, what happened to next year's specialty? What would be the offer price would be look like? It's very scary. Yes. Yeah. 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 Interesting. The other, the other parallel I wanted to sort of highlight a little bit was, you know, you guys, are a little bit further ahead of us in terms of, of, uh, you know, lockdown. I know you guys have been out, uh, of, of in, in Taiwan lockdown for a while. Yeah. Like how are we, how are you, cause I'm fascinated to sort of see, or, you know, is that a, a, a you know, behind the curtains of what Australia is going to look like in six months time, or, you know, or, or a couple of months time? What is consumption looking like? And, and, and are, you know, are lots of roasters buying, buying, buying or, or, or as you said, still holding off buying because they're 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 betting on the market. Uh, I think the cultural background is different, so I think the consumption pattern is different as well. So um, coffee, they are more for I think for the for the uh, for the people need to go to the office. So it's not like it's not like Australia. They they it's a daily drink. They drink two cups three cups a day. I think we also see a lot of uh, increase when the lockdown. The, the, actually, that your your the the coffee shop. Uh, um, um, near in in the in your uh, living room, I think they all like double, triple the volume. But you know, in Taiwan here, it's not the case. Like uh, I even see the 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 breakfast shop they close. We we the, those are they selling the bun and also selling with the soy milk. Even they close. So yeah, wow. There's not even that mentioned with the um the the coffee because coffee it's more for the uh, office worker. I would say. 
and then a lot of importer they kind of like uh, they say they report like a that's eighty percent decrease from what I see, and now actually even we have been reopened for two months, um, still like only fifty percent now, and yeah, so it's still a little challenging. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. And and what is your uh, what is your uh, uh, um, you know what, what do you think the the future holds sort of short term long term for for the price? Do you think we're going to sort of see you know because I know Steve's view is we're probably likely to sort of see it, you know maybe over the next two or three months coffee price come down to one ninety you know high one nineties. Would you agree with Steve on that? Sort of knowing what you know from a uh, you know, from a technical perspective, like what, what are your, where, where I, I think, yeah, I think it depends on your, uh, what's the time frame we are looking, uh, that really that's too much factor coming to play. I mean, uh, we, we just say, we just mentioned the paper and then, and now you also see the Christmas coming, you also see the Chinese New Year coming, then yeah, we don't know. I mean, if there's a strong demand for coffee, then, Hopefully not. I don't want to see coffee over 220 cents above because, you know, once you break the resistance, it's more like the free, it's like a free, free market. Like a, when we, I think when we talking about this, when market was 150 and I was like hoping not to break one, I think 156 because if you break that point, then you don't know where it goes. So that's where we are now. So yeah. Yeah, just don't break 220 and. Yeah, at least we know it's still within the range. So I think one, I think one ninety will be good, good, uh, good level to cover for yeah. uh, for the Q Q one Q two Q three next year. But uh, I think for the very short term, like I think two hundred two hundred cents is the it's the level we are looking now. I think mean, I think you see if you see yesterday, I think I think also the the, the day before uh, the market all actually are going to one ninety eight one ninety seven. Yeah, but still coming back to cover. I think people have the um, mentality thing. Okay, maybe two hundred cents is the it's the uh, level they need to take a little bit to take the risk off the table. Yeah. So that's password can reflect to what Monster uh, might say at the moment. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and are we seeing like are we actually though seeing high volumes of sales from Origin? Like you know because all things would indicate the, the Brazilian producer for example is getting very good money for his his you know his coffee at the moment but but i, I you know and i think you talked a little bit about it there's not actually a huge volume being traded even though it is being traded very expensively you know there's not a huge volume being traded is that just a function of it being so expensive or is it also a reticence from the producers themselves that they don't want to sell you know at this time yeah, I think it's a bit of both with the logistic constraint. Like uh, they can't, that there's actually not much container can uh, can be can be shipped out, and then they also see a lot of demand. So I think if you think okay, something on your hand it was one dollar before and not become two dollar, then of course then you you might now your 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 mentality okay, I can only willing to sell at uh, one point nine. Um, yeah, I think so. That's why they also keep the. The level that high, but as you see, like the export uh, volume is actually decreased, but that that also because of the lack of container. Mm. Um, I cannot really speak for them, but I think we should have a lot of uh, physical coffee uh, pending to be 
release to be sold, but they're just not willing to uh, lower their offer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, the only thing that, you know, we can guarantee is that we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> in the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, like a, a fascinating uh, insight for me, you know, you were talking about the, the specialty market. Taiwanese roasters are very specialty focused. What do you, what the sort of purchase trends are you seeing for the, the specialty end of town at the moment? Um, I think in town here, they are all very, uh, target very high in particular. Like we recently have uh, one uh, COE auction from uh, Taiwanese coffee. And I think they're all looking for customized luck. And then I think that actually bring up to you because I think that's not my strength. I think, uh, that's also bringing my, my, uh, uh my pro- question to you, which is the, I think the coming Costa Rica, I think in the Kenya and also with the Ethiopia. I think that's actually, I want to, um, know about more. I mean, what do you, what do you see? What's your view, uh, for the specialty market for those three particular origins? Yeah, I mean, those, those origins certainly are the ones that we've got on our radar next. Uh, you know, the, the big one being Ethiopia and we're doing a lot of board planning for that. Uh, whilst we don't yet have an understanding of where the ECX is pricing, you know, their coffee and, and ultimately we can't go out to shop for Ethiopian coffee until we've got that number. Uh, we, what we can do is we can get a really good understanding of what quality is looking like from, um, the fly crop, which has just been, uh, and, and from, from conversations we've had with Ethiopia, I've had with Getu, um, you know, quality is looking great. Uh, the, the volume is looking really good as well. So that's exciting. That might take a bit of a sting out, out of the, out of the, the prices. Um, but yeah, for us, we're very much getting ready to pre-plan purchasing for Ethiopia. So anyone looking for bespoke coffee, we need to be having that conversation within the next four weeks at least so that, you know, the, the, the washing stations can be ready to prepare, you know, anaerobic fermentations, uh, you know, honeys, naturals, all of that kind of thing, because that takes a lot of time to organize. It's certainly not something you can just you know, snap and, 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 you know, get ready. So that, that's a big thing for us. I think, you know, my advice would be, you know, make sure you're talking to your, uh, <laughs> customers about, you know, pre-booking because now is the time that you want to be doing that for, you know, all, all three origins to be quite frank. Uh, so similarly with, with Kenya, we're not going to see any prices really happen until after uh, Christmas, but definitely for anything that you want sort of pre-selected, you know, as the picking is just starting to happen now in Kenya, for example, uh, if you want, you know, varietal separation, now is the yeah. time to make sure, uh, you know, those, those small, you know, small producers are, you know, selecting the SL28 from the 32. That kind of thing I think is really important. And for us as well, I know we had great success with the naturals last year. I know that the, the interest was astronomical and we didn't have enough to sell. Again, you know, being able to talk to our, you know, uh, roasters about their interest in, in the naturals, that now's a good time. And even though it won't be, you know, that's unlikely to be processed until, uh, I would say, Feb, Feb, March of next year. Again, 
you know, you know, thinking along those lines now is really crucial in order to get, um, you know, to, to, to get what you want. But uh, certainly from, from Kenya's perspective, prices have been, you know, very aggressive. Um, you know, I think we can absolutely expect, you know, minimum prices at $4, 450 you know, from, from the conversations we've seen, um, from, the, from the prices we've seen, you know, some of the FAQ qualities, that they've been selling, and it's been the end of the end of the crops being ridiculously high, you know. Yeah, that, that's actually the thing I want to ask you, like because I saw the a lot of offer is that the AA top it's plus two ninety. So if we say today's price, it's plus four ninety. So thinking about that, if it's coming to, it's already it's already flat, almost five hundred cents for commercial, yeah. uh, very good commercial quality. Then yeah. I don't know what happened for our. Our loved nature lot and our yeah. our watch lot. So how 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 do you how do you see that? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're going to be pricey this year. There's no doubt about it. You know, the uh, ultimately the way in which Kenyan coffee is um, sold, uh, each uh, factory, the the processing center for the cherries, they get to choose uh, who they're called marketing agents who markets their coffee, and of course. They choose the marketing agent that get got them the highest price last year, and they will want to know that this marketing agent, you know, will be making sure that they get the maximum price for their product this year, which will obviously mean it's a yearly uh, decision that each factory makes. So, you know, the marketing agent's success, you know, for the 23-24 crop or 22-23 crop will be defined by his success this season coming, which will mean he will need to maximize the prices he gets. So, or they get. So, you know, like that, it, it's, it's, it's an arms race from a marketing position because then they will get more customers the following year and, you know, it keeps going. So I expect prices to be, you know, high and, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, you, you can comfortably looking at five fifty, six dollars seven dollars maybe even for some of those very, very sought after lots. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. But, you know, that said, we thought this year prices were high, but roasters still have a love for Kenyan coffee. And it's never something that you buy in containers. It's usually, you know, multiples of boxes. And I think people love to have a, a Kenyan there. And, and, and I think there's, there'll still be that interest in, in, in those qualities. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to definitely make sure that uh, you know it's tasting good, uh, and, and you know, the value for money is definitely um, there. You almost but, uh, take my breath. Like I thought, like twenty twenty, it's very challenging, and twenty twenty one, it's even worse. And then now you say the price is going up again. I said, okay, then yeah. imagine what happened twenty twenty two. Let's scratch I mean, my yeah, head. That- yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Look, you, you don't know what's going to happen. If, you know, if the market does drop, then I'm sure, you know, the, 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 the price will drop in, in line with that. You know, I, I think everyone's, you know, reacting to where the sea market is. You know, that's understandable. Um, and, and, you know, as you said it before, you know, six months, you know, like, whilst you might see the market at a low for quite a long time, you don't tend to see the market at super high levels for a long time, historically. I know, and I think you'll sort of see from, from my perspective, as that starts to soften, the, 
you know, dispatched equalities, you know, maybe might not be as aggressive as we think they could be. But certainly, I think you should be thinking along those lines. Um, and again, I think what's really important is that you've got great, you know, in your case, you know, through, through dormants, great partners, because you can guarantee that they're going to get you the quality that you want. Uh, and I think that's a huge one for us. We're so lucky to have, you know, our sister company, you know, having Mookie on the ground in yeah. in Kenya, uh, you know, and she's able to literally, you know, live show us her live cutting of, of the lots. We're very lucky to have that connection. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting uh, crop for, for Kenya. Yeah, uh, that's actually I was thinking to actually because everyone now can now going going to the Oregon and to taste the to taste the coffee they, they would like to purchase. So um so I was like a bit interested to know okay how how do how do how do, how do you how do you secure the lot you want to buy and then we're mm. now going to the origin mm. and then how can you ensure the quality? Mm. And that's actually a very interesting one because from from Asia point of view everyone needs to taste and then they're only they are they're only willing to buy when they taste. So could you share with a bit like, how, how you do the procurement this year? Yes. I mean, for the yeah. next crop. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think, um, innovation's key. I think willingness to let go of the reins, quite frankly, is key. I think those that haven't, we've seen instances where, um, roasters that, that must cut the coffee themselves make that decision. You know, they might only just be seeing their Ethiopians arrive. They might only just be seeing their their Kenyans arrive. And I think, you know, if you must have that ultimate control, then there will be consequences just by the fact of how long it takes to get a sample, to approve that sample, to send confirmation back. And by that point, you've missed your slot. And there's no, unlike a year ago, where there are still options, oh, we've made, well, we can put it on the next, uh, contend there's just not that option so those roads you know those roses that still insist on having that will lose out to those that are willing to go along with the journey so you know obviously it's no secret in australia those of you that get the quality to australia australian shores first are those that are going to have access to the market and i think you know we had great success because we're so well calibrated with our sister offices, um, you know, in, in the case of Ethiopia, for example, what Getty's cupping notes were and, and the level of detail uh, that he was reporting on when he was tasting and approving the coffees on our behalf last year, or, or the, you know, the crop just gone, was incredible, you know, from, from the, the amount of, of, you know, UV, uh, samples per 100 grams to active moisture to, you know, very, very, and there's no point doing it unless you're 100% honest. They're very, very honest cupping notes. We were able to be like, yeah, look, you know, can you, can you remill this quality? Can we consider switching that lot out? You know, that, that dialogue was fundamental to us being able to get, you know, the wash lots and, the, um, you know, and the naturals out early. That being said, we, you know, we were still undone by, um, you know, coffee being stuck in transit. Um, yeah. And, and, and then, you know, you've done everything you can to get it out of the country on time. You've done everything you can to get the highest quality. <laughs> and some shipping company doesn't care. And they just park your coffee in Singapore. <laughs> so, you know, 
that 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 for us has been a massive challenge so yeah right. it, it's about having a relationship and you know again if you apply that to costa rica uh we were speaking with alejo castro from volcanoes all last week and and again we're already organizing what we we're going to be doing for um for both the micros and you know his his wash blenders and and again it's interesting to see similarly situation there the washed coffees are going to cost more again this year but whilst the washed coffees uh the the the, the blend qualities have, have increased in price he's not increasing the micros and nano lots which Ooh. which is fantastic uh so you know like that that's again you know a lot to do with relationship and and you know, and we've now been working with Alejo for five years. And I think, you know, for him, the relationship does matter. And, you know, having connectivity with, you know, lots of different roasters is key. And for him, therefore, he's been amazing because he's given us a huge selection of, of lots to work with. You know, we're very lucky to have that relationship. So he can do, you know, a multitude of different varieties, a multitude of different processes, you know, and a number of different farms. And and that allows us to be able to support, you know, five roasters all in the same city, each with their own micro lot. And that's yeah, we're we're very lucky. So yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's the benefit to be part of the ecom. Like uh, we all have our our room personnel and to to cut the source and then also have the long term relationship uh, perspective in terms of the in the in the business. I reckon. Yeah, Yeah. it is, and it's it's like. You know, to me, it's that advantage. You've got the the buying power. You've got the relationship. You know, again, I've, I've you know, the team and Alejo and I all also go back relatively far in, in in coffee world. So you know, we're very very lucky to have that um, and to have that reach. So yeah, it's uh, it's looking good. But you know, and again, you know, another origin for me that that's important to start considering is Honduras as well. Um, yeah. You know that that's a fundamental one, and and um, that's key because because of Colombia, the Colombian situation, we've seen uh, you know Excelsior prices. You know they are as expensive as a you know sometimes even mill traceable Honduran quality. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know uh, they're at the same level, they're at the same prices, and when that's the case. You know, there's there's only going to be so long that roasters are going to insist that they have Colombia in their blend. So right. for us, the strategy of 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 you know, Honduran Honduras is a fascinating origin. I, I you know, it's got such an interesting you know, network of of mountains. It's got um you know different different wind orientations. It's got warm air coming from you know the what is it the 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 Caribbean coming up on onto um. Uh, a sort of the, the north uh, northeast part of, of um, Honduras, and then it's also got you know the other side, you know where it's getting colder wind as well. So it's got some really interesting different terroirs. It's got really interesting mountain ranges, which create these lovely pockets of, of um, you know, yeah, their, their own little yeah, terroir ultimately. So within a you know I say a small country, it's not that small within one country. Honduras can have a multitude of different um, flavor profiles, and that's something that we're looking into for uh, the 2020 um, crop. And we're looking at taking advantage of some of those different regional qualities, um, 
you know, uh, Opalaka, Coban, you know, Montsilis we bought in the past, um, and and taking advantage of some of those flavor profiles, which will hopefully allow the roast to still get that acidity, um, you know, that they expect from um, Colombia, mm-hmm. but obviously at prices that are a little bit more manageable in blends. And and again, I, I've I've been really impressed by the micro quality we've seen out of Honduras. So I'm really excited by what Honduras can offer as well. And and that's uh, something right. we've already started conversations uh, with our team there. So yeah, it's uh it's all a go. Uh, keeping us very busy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, there's more origin uh, will be in your blend component now to try yeah. to every uh lower the, the average cost. Yeah, of your um yeah post cost per per bag, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you know. Sure, lots of people still have Colombia and Brazil. It has been the backbone of most people's blends for a long time, but certainly you will see more components being added in than average. And if you look, I guess, at some of the roasting companies that have been around longer, you notice that those companies, the ones with multiple um, uh, uh, blend components, I always used to scratch my head, why have they got so many? And and now perhaps we know, you know, like yeah. we can see why that that that's uh, a fact to average out the flavor profile uh, and and manage the price because ultimately, you know, it, you've got to hit a price point that your you know that your customer expect expects as a roaster. So yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how the market responds. Um, Pete, we're we're coming up to uh, well, I think slightly over thirty minutes. Um, okay, that's great. I could talk for hours on this subject, uh, but I, I want to keep our listeners fresh. Uh, thank you very, very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your insights and questions. Um, and hopefully we'll have you join uh, at some point in the future. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. That's my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. All the best. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.